are listening to the Classic Sermons Podcast from PreachTheBible.org, a ministry of North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California. You will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival sermons from great preachers of the past. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. 2 Chronicles 36, 16, they mocked the messengers of God. They despised His word. They misused His prophets until the wrath of the Lord was kindled against His people, till there was no remedy. That's where we are today. I believe three things happened. Brother Jerry, you've not uh, soft-pedaled this at all. Therefore, I'd have to say and back up what you said. Number one, licensed liquor spells doom for any nation. America is now a drunkard nation. Mother and Dad called me the other day. Oh, it's been three weeks ago now. And uh, said, Brother Olaf, we've got a little girl, Albuquerque, New Mexico. My husband is a controller. And um, I'm praying about the controllers, too, especially for in the morning. I hope they don't strike. But America faces some serious problems. She said, our little girl will be dead in one week unless we do something with her. We've guarded her three days and three nights. We're both given out. I said, I have no room. There's no way we could take another one. I cannot do it. We have over 500 on the waiting list now, and we've chopped off the applications. I said, now, we just can't. She said, Brother Wolf, we got our ticket. We're coming anyhow. I want you to talk to her. Well, when they got there, you think she wanted to talk to me? No, sir. She said, I wouldn't talk to you for nothing. And I winked at her daddy and said, y'all go take a look at the dormitory. I said to the mother, and I know where I am. I said, uh, do you smoke cigarettes? She said, yes. I said, they got to go. She said, what? I said, that's right, they got to go. I said, Daddy, I said, I want you to get home ready for the homecoming. I'm tired of sending my children back to hog pens. You say, I don't like that. You ought not. I've already said it. <laughs> Ain't no way to unsay it. I said to that lady uh, that looked sort of funny, I said, do you, do you drink liquor? She said, but, yes, I do, but I'm not an alcoholic. And I said, uh, how often do you drink? She said, every day. I said, no, that's right. You're not an alcoholic. You're a drunkard. <laughs> now, before you get mad, remember, at least the track record proves that what we're doing is right. And that's reading 50 people want in every day. And so before you get critical and ugly and miss the blessing and God have to whip your britches off of you, you better pay attention to it. I'm sick and tired of, of these wet noodles coming in from the uh, Jell-O Seminary uh, with their little um, tapioca message on the power of positive thinking. <laughs> How to win friends and influence people in love, courtship, and marriage. Brother, it's too late for that kind of junk. It's over. And we need to warn our mothers and dads. And I said, lady, the only way your little girl will stay here is that you come back also for help. She said, what? I said, you're coming back, or are you going to take that little girl home with you? Did you know she came in Thursday? She's now in the Jubilee home. May not be too much of a Jubilee for her if she comes off, but I mean, <laughs> what am I talking about? This is Father's Day. Wasn't that a great group of men that stood a while ago? My soul, 
Think of the men. If we had men and women that would get back in the prayer closet and get back in the family altar, get back in the gospel preaching church, I wouldn't have so many prospects for the Rebecca home, the lighthouse. These boys, stand up, Mike. He's a great tennis player, but he robbed with a machine gun. He doesn't look like that, does he? Now he's surrendered to preach. How many boys surrendered to preach? Stand up. You believe God called you to preach. That boy on Heron over yonder, old Johnny Downs, for eight years. That boy's the one that ought to have got 100 years in the pen. 14, Colonel Peters, boy. That's old Leighton right there. Lord save them. That's our only hope. Thank you, fellas. Sit down. <laughs> Mothers and dads, do you realize what's taking place? We've lost a whole generation. Brother Jerry, you've got a great work. You've got a great school and uh, Liberty College and uh, the uh, 4,000 acres of land and the church and television and all the rest of it. We live in the land of Lodibar. We take what you have to kick out. We take what Dr. Lee Robertson calls me about. Brother Jerry calls me so often. Brother Olaf, God bless you. I got a girl. And uh, I want you to take her. And <laughs> yeah, he called me this week. He said, Brother Olaf, God bless you. Got a 17-year-old boy. He's in trouble. He'll go to pen. And, and when can we send him? See? Same thing. Jack Howard's just as bad. He sent six at one time. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Folks, that's the college we run. We, we live in the land of Lodibar with crippled Mephibosheths. But, brother, I'm glad the grace of God will redeem everyone up. Our theme is if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are becoming new. I'll give you three reasons why America faces end time destruction. Number one, licensed liquor. Number two, no new fact for you, the killing of little babies, the lack of respect, or oh, the welfare department that jumped on me, neither well nor fair. <laughs> and then they said, we've got to change our image. So they called it the DHR. Department of Human Resources. Can you imagine a church of the Lord Jesus Christ letting the Department of Human Resources set rules, regulations, standards, and requirements for the DDR, the Department of Divine Resources? Amen. You know what I'm going to try to preach on if I ever get around to it? <laughs> Jesus is Lord. Amen. What's the battle all about? Ms. Griffin Bell, wife of the former Attorney General of the United States, said, the state makes a bad parent. And that's true. The state never gave birth to a child. Oh, I know we're living in, they said to me, I was on the stand for 70 minutes in our last hearing. And may I remind you, it took us eight years to get in court. We never had our day in court. The governor told me, I was up to see him a week before last, and called me and said, I want you to come out and talk with me. He said, Brother Olaf, you said all you ever wanted was your day in court, and the first time you got it, you won under the Constitution of the United States. Amen. Brother Jerry, you and I are living in a protected area. If we can get them back to the Constitution, 
I told the Lord. The fact is, the Lord put me in jail so many times, called me and said, Brother Olaf, old Lynn Taylor. He said, Brother Olaf, I want you to come to Austin and speak to all the lawyers. They need to hear your message. I said, set the time. I told her I'd, he got up and introduced him to Holmes was closed at the time. And he said, uh, this is the most tenacious man I've ever faced in my life, dedicated, and, but he said, homes are closed. But if I was a betting man, I'd bet they'd be open again. Dear friend, not a matter of hating people, loving them, but it's a matter of standing for that which is right. This old book right here, this book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth. But thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that's written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. And when the state came and said, we're going to be God, I said, not man. We want to be Lord, I said, not man. They said uh, to me, you know, uh, don't you think a man of God ought to be subject to the higher powers? I said, it's not the higher powers that's bothering me, it's them lower powers. I wish I could wake America up. Brother, God's got to rule. Jesus is Lord. The Holy Spirit is our administrator. They hollered at me on the stand, said, what about Jim Jones? I said, you ought to know you hatched him out. <laughs> you gave him five licenses and he killed 900 of the children. Folks, the abuse doesn't come from God's people. I won't ask you a question. Maybe I'll enlarge on it tonight. Bring what happened to corporal and capital punishment. Bring what happened to it. He's gone, isn't it? Not in our place. Of course, we use corporal. Sometimes they think it's going to turn out to be capital, but it doesn't. <laughs> You'd say, why, Brother Ola? It's scriptural. That little old boy there went to court with me, 14 years of age. The judge said, Brother Walter, do you believe in practice corporal punishment? I said, yes, sir, Your Honor. He said, why? I said, the Bible teaches it. But I'll tell you one thing, uh, that demands respect. And that's where it ought to be in the home, mother and daddy. Ought to be respected by the children. Did you know that it was a capital offense uh, to be a disobedient son in the Old Testament? They kill him. Did you know that um, uh, the witch wasn't suffered to live? I mean, it had to die. That's capital punishment. Have you ever stopped to think about the lawyer of the Bible named Moses? When he came down from the Bible conference, had five books under his arm, came down in old Aaron, built a golden calf, they pulled off the clothes, marched around, he drew the line and said, who's on the Lord? Let him come stand by me. Those of you that don't, something good's going to happen to you. <laughs> yeah. You ever heard that? Yeah. He killed every one of them. What about Noah? That old righteous patriarch built an ark for 100. You know the reason it took 120 years? He wouldn't let the martyrs help him build it. He didn't have but three helpers, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. And, and his wife, I think she fixed the meals. And uh, when he got through and the Lord said, Come thou, Noah, into the ark. You think Noah stood with a little smile on his face and waved goodbye to the world and said something good's going to happen to y'all. I'm sick of that junk. Brother, something bad's going to happen to us because we've lived for, in sin and for the devil. 
Can you imagine Elijah, that great old prophet of God that, that practiced capital punishment, got Jezebel's entire ministerial alliance and had a contest and then chopped the heads off? You think he said something good's going to happen to you? No, sir. I'm just simply saying, folks, there's only two problems in America, Brother Jerry. One of them is the preacher and the other's a papa. You get those two fellas straightened out, we're going to be on our way to revival. We got a lot of survivalists. Boy, they're doing everything now to try to figure out how to survive. They're going back in the mountains. They're hauling dried fruit and grains, and, and they got their guns and pistols, and they say they're going to shoot everybody tries to get their groceries. I mean, listen, there's only one bunch of survivalists, and they're in the building. They're out, John, and we're Christians. We're going to survive. Yeah. Romans 8, 28 is going to take care of me and you. Ah, uh, listen, while uh, Wall Street crashes, all my stock will be going up. That's it. We're the only people don't need to be afraid. They mock the messengers of God. They despised his word. They misused his prophets till there was no remedy. I said, license liquor. The babies have been destroyed by the millions. And number three, and this is the end time sin that brings end time judgment. And that's what turned the sodomites loose in this country. Say what you please, dear friends. It doesn't mean that we don't love them. Our ministry probably wins more sodomites and lesbians than any other ministry in America because we take them in and point them to Jesus. This past week, two little girls called me. I nearly called their name, but I won't. They were weeping and said, Brother Olaf, we're ready to destroy ourselves. We've been living together, but we're miserable and unhappy. And I said, well, honey, we have no room for you. But I said, finally, she said, Brother Olaf, I'm going to kill myself if you don't take me. And said, I'm not happy living the way I'm living. God seems to have forgotten me, and I can't pray anymore. Please let me come. I said, if I don't call you back my Monday morning, there's this past Monday morning, one week from in the morning, I said, you get on the bus or on the plane, whatever. And she hung up the phone weeping and said, Brother Wolof, please don't call me back. Sunday afternoon, one week from this afternoon, the daddy said, Brother Wolof, she's on her way and she's out in the home. Folks, the end time has come. The field is white. The labors are few. We have the greatest opportunity of any generation that ever lived to reach desperate souls for the Lord Jesus Christ. Brother Jerry, we turn away more than Bob Jones, Liberty College, Hiles Anderson, Tennessee Temple, and BBC have enrolled every year. We turn over 15,000 people. That shows you what's happened in America. These are terminal cases. These are desperate cases. These can't wait. To wait means sudden destruction and death and prison terms and all the rest of it. Now then, let me give you the sweetest text. You know what the theme of the Bible is? The Lordship of Jesus Christ. That's it. Who's your Lord today? Where does corporal punishment? And dear friend, if you think that the Bible doesn't teach you, I, I, I could go to Samuel. He filleted Agag. And he was the old man of the Bible, Old Testament. He was a man of God, had the Spirit of God upon him. Joshua, didn't he kill Achan and Ms. Achan and all the little Achans? Why? 
because 36 of his soldiers got killed because he looked and lusted and took. I know you think it's strange, but we operate intensive care wards. That's the reason we don't even have a television set. Nowhere. You don't have television sets in intensive care wards. You're trying to get people to start breathing again. See what I'm talking about? I'm just simply saying, and, and we don't have any competition. We need thousands of homes where people could go and even be locked up and hold them until they get safe. Oh, Johnny, Johnny, stand up. On Heron for eight years, uh, gone to the pen, had to go. You know what he did the other day? He kidnapped his own mama, an alcoholic. He said, Mother. Hey, sit down, Johnny. He said, he said, Mother, I want to take you out to eat. And she said, oh, that's so nice of you, Johnny. And so they drove down to Rosenberg toward Corpus. And when they got through eating, got in the car, he just kept a driving. He just kept a driving. She was already bleeding internally, an alcoholic. That's right, a drunkard. And Johnny, she said, Johnny, when are we going to get back to Houston? Well, he said in a little while, drove up in front of the Jubilee home, said, Mother, you're here. I'm not going to let my mother die, a drunkard. He kidnapped. She laughs and smiles about it now. Folks, there's no easy way sometimes to get the people. I give you this as we bring the message to a close. Wherefore God hath highly exalted him and given him a name, which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of things in heaven, he's got charge up there. Of things in earth, and he has charge down here. The thing that thrilled me the other day, and things under the earth, he controls hell. Oh, you'd say that right? Who killed Jesus? He killed himself because he said, I lay down my life of my own accord. If I lay it down, I'll pick it up again. I believe the Holy Spirit he was under complete dominion of the Holy Spirit. Moses died according to the word of the Lord. I believe Jesus, the word, died according to the word and was resurrected on Sunday morning. But reckon where he went. You think he went out to the graveyard? Think he went out to the sepulcher uh, and rested for three days? Huh? I get tired of hearing people say, I want to get away from it all. I just want to go on a vac... Uh-uh. But a newspaper asked me the other day, said, when are you going to retire? I said, that's an ugly word. I've just got sense enough now to know what I'm doing. <laughs> Quit nothing while the best is yet to come. In hell, what did he do when he died? He was waiting for the last drop of blood to fall to the ground because that meant all of his life. Amen. I lay down my life. That's all of it. The life of the flesh is in the blood. And when that last drop of blood hit the ground, King Jesus said, it's finished. And with a smile, I believe he bowed that precious, wonderful, loving head in whose head the brains of the church rest and all the plans and the will for my life and yours the only explanation for that which is good that's happening in the world. But where did he go? I think he embarrassed any jet that ever flew. 
wound up knocking on the doors of hell. Devil said, who's that? Go see. One of his little old servants came and said, who is it? Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Boy, he ran back trembling and said, it's that fellow called Jesus that whips you out there in the wilderness. <laughs> My last report, he's hanging on the cross, laying in. Don't said he's out there right now. <laughs> Go ask him what he wants. What do you want? I want the keys. Ask him what keys. He said, I want the keys to death and hell. Amen. That's the reason I can't go to hell. You got it locked up. <laughs> but I believe I could say something else. If I crawled through the keyhole and started singing, oh, how I love Jesus, they wouldn't want me there. <laughs> Brother, he got the keys. That's the reason I'm not afraid of the cemetery. My friend Leonard Barnett right across the street, you know, he's a great fan, has memory gardens. And uh, he's already given me a big family plot and all that kind of stuff, you know. I said, man, uh, it's the last place I want to go. <laughs> but don't be afraid. Jesus is coming, and I believe he'll come soon. Are you ready to meet him? Thank you for listening to the Classic Sermons podcast from PreachTheBible.org, a ministry of North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California. To listen to many more powerful sermons, visit our website, preachthebible.org.